Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning back in. We really appreciate your support. So please show your support by liking, subscribing, leaving a comment, and also following us on Twitter, also following us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. It's all great. We really appreciate it. Getting into it this week, we've got a few things to cover. One, we want to talk to you about this new tornado cash thing that just got attacked by the government, the treasury, and their developer was actually arrested in Amsterdam. So what's that all about? What's tornado cash? It's a crypto mixer. So we'll explain that. Additionally, Binance was able to recover over 80% of a hack on Curve Finance. So we're going to tell you how that happened and how you can protect yourself from some of these DeFi platforms taking your money, or I guess I should say the bad doers taking your money off your DeFi. And then finally, we want to talk to you about how Ethereum's proof of work, there's a, there's a community of people that want to maintain that when the merge happens. So there could be two Ethereums and what that means for everybody. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. First off, Tornado Cash was just basically told to shut down by the treasury. Um, What is Tornado Cash? It is a mixing service that has been around since 2019. It has mixed over $7 billion worth of crypto. A lot of it, illicit money laundering. Mixer. So it puts all the Bitcoin in a pot and like stirs it up and then sends it out. Pretty much. That's what it is. So it, it gathers, we'll say Bitcoin from a multitude of sources and then it obfuscates that those. Yes. Thank you. Those transactions so that when it's sent out to the address of your choosing, you can't tell who sent it. It makes it anonymous. It makes money laundering. Yeah. It's money laundering. Okay. But, I mean, there are some uses to it. Vitalik came out and said that he's used it before specifically for his donation to Ukraine. Okay. So it allows you that privacy. But, yeah, of course it's going to bring in. Most people are using that privacy to do illicit things. It seems to be the case that that has Because the idea the of transparency is not good if you are doing illicit things. Right. That's right. It's not because <laughs> so, then you're going to get arrested. So, so that's a good thing then, right? We don't want these mixers. I right? I mean, overall, yes. Um, I think it could be a good thing if there were ways to stop the laundering and just allow you to do anonymous transactions. Oh, so you're saying when you send it to this this mixer, you check the box that says, I'm not money laundering? Right. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the government said basically that they shut it down because there were no governors on ensuring that, you know, anti-money laundering that wasn't, wasn't being done. Okay. So, um, basically let me give you the definition of a mixer too, cause I think that's important. So this tornado cache operated on Ethereum. There have been other mixers. There will be more to come, I'm sure. 
Um, but basically, it indiscriminately facilitates anonymous transaction by obfuscating their origin, destination, and counterparties with no attempt to determine their origin. So Tornado Cash received a variety of transactions, mixed them together, and then transmitted them to the individual recipients. It's to, The purpose is to increase privacy, um, but yeah, of course, it's commonly used by illicit actors and money launderers. So why so wouldn't you just use a cryptocurrency that is, is private, like Secret Network or Monero, or why wouldn't you just use that instead, if, because that's still trackable, right? Um, I think even though they're secret, like if you're, if you're buying, you have to buy them, right? right? So if you buy them on an exchange, now there's a paper trail. Okay. So the only way this mixer would work is if there was a, you know, a collection paper trail that they just have access to. And if the feds come knocking on the door, they can turn it over, but they still have to have some onus on them, right? Yeah. As a third party that's managing those transactions or else, yeah, this is not a good thing. No. And, and I mean, there's a lot of mixed, um, opinions over the arrest of the coder who designed this, the open source software that made tornado cash possible. 29 year old arrested, um, by Dutch officials. Um, and some of the CEOs in the crypto space of urine finance. Um, let's see, who was the other one? Uh, oh, Abe's founder. They said this arrest makes all privacy encryption developers a target. Okay. So it's like they came out with the product, but they didn't intend for it to necessarily be used for illegal things. So why are you blaming the creator? That's kind of what they're saying. Um, one of, but if you can't go after the evil doers, then what? <laughs> of course, you're going to have to go after the creator. Somebody yeah. has to pay for this. Somebody's got to pay. They have to pay. Yeah, and I, it's what it seems like is happening. Um, the urine developer Bantag said, "Arrest, um, arresting the founders of a firearm manufacturing company for facilitating a public shooting, or a pressure cooker company founder for terrorism." That's what he's likening this to. I I agree with the pressure cooker because that's, you know, obviously that's something that somebody Googled. How do you turn a pressure cooker into a bomb? But with the gun thing, I disagree. I think that they should be liable for that if they sell a AR-15 to a young kid and that kid goes and shoots somebody up. Sure, but that's the third party. That's the, the seller versus the manufacturer, the person who created the firearm or designed. I think I think this would be likened to the the you know CAD software engineer who put the the gun together. Okay. You know, versus the the seller of it. Okay. You all know. Right, all right. I I see that. So and then the pressure cooker, of course, doesn't make sense because pressure cookers aren't intended for that purpose. Right. Whereas a mixer is intended to, you know, make your transaction anonymous. Right. Or or meet cool people. Or meet. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I see both sides of the argument. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have to have fail safes for laundering. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, but that goes down to regulation, right? Yeah, agreed. So if mixers make sense, which I'm an anti-mixer. Yeah, I've never used a mixer, so um, because I don't, I don't need to. But right. it's 
not good at this point. If there's a way to make it good, fine. But I think the authorities should step in and make sure that people aren't doing bad things. Right. Agreed. I just don't, I don't think the programmer is a hundred percent at fault here. Yeah, I agree with that too. So we'll see what happens to him. Um, moving on. Good news. Oh, I know. Few and far between. Um, the chief of Binance said that they were able to recover 83% of funds stolen off of Curve Finance. And Curve Finance is a decentralized um, trading platform that allows you to trade a variety of assets, a lot of stable coins. They were able to recover 83% of, it was over like half a million dollars worth of funds, I think, that was stolen. Um, And yeah, Binance recovered 450,000 of these funds and they're working to get the rest, but they said the hacker kept on sending the funds to Binance in different ways, thinking we can't catch it, and then concluded the post with a laughing emoji. So they they tracked where the money went. They followed the paper trail. Yep. And they followed this the blockchain. Idiot decided to send it to a platform These, broker yep, anti-money laundering know your client broker right that yep. has kyc yep. and all of these things and protocols in place so they flagged it immediately similar to when ftx did it for those uh that the other, pipeline yep hack yeah so that is another great thing about crypto and blockchain is that yeah we can track it we do know what's happening and then they just froze the funds right they so froze the funds didn't yeah. have access Right. So now there's half a million dollars worth of, or half a billion dollars. No, 450K. It wasn't that big. Oh, 450K. Okay. All right. So, but still, 80% of lost funds is now back. It's back. Yeah. And I think hopefully they'll get more if they send to another exchange. Maybe that exchange will do the same thing. But basically, what happened, right? So the attackers made a clone of. The Curve website. They made the clone. They made a clone. So they were able to sort of drive traffic to their server, making it seem like it was the official website. And wait, wait, wait. You're saying that they copied and pasted the URL? And well, they did more than that. They were able well, to attack the the domain registry. They cloned the the website, right? Yeah. And then they basically put it on their their server server mm-hmm. but it was the exact same it looked letters the same. and everything everything looked the same that's scary it's scary so when you linked your metamask wallet or whatever wallet you were using to connect in there was malware that would immediately take your funds from you jeez yeah so that's what happened um and these were they're called dns attacks so dom- domain network service attacks um and there's what, what, what's an example of a dns like GoDaddy? Like GoDaddy, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So GoDaddy, they're a domain service. They, you know, have a list of who owns what. And so sometimes that can be manipulated or even uh, in, a, in a more simple way, someone can, especially if you're on like a, an open network, someone can create a directory so that when you go to a certain website, it reroutes you. Jeez. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to make sure that your your modem's updated and that you you know your password is strong. And well, it's not I got just I default. got the fifty six k. I'm like I'm You're ready good to go. go. Yeah. You're good to go. 
Yeah. I get bits per second. Not wow. megabits. Just bits. bits. Yeah. Nice. That's how I solve the problem is I just have it's never just upgraded. It's too slow. So no one would want to attack. Exactly. Me. I don't think that's how it So works. what? what's the solution to this? Um, I mean, there's a lot of like technical solutions. Um, Cause I don't, I'm not going to check my DNS server every time I put no, in my I password. That's, and... that's the problem is it's vulnerable and this can happen. It's happened to Twitter before. Like this can happen to big companies. There are, they said, oh, the top 20 banks in the world have third party DNS hosts. Wow. So they don't even manage their own. And this has happened to a bank before in uh, yeah, they believe, get Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. So it can happen to anyone. So the so the solution that they're saying is we need to move to more Web three, which is ENS, Ethereum name service, where you can't you can't spoof a website because it's unique and it's tracked on the. Oh, blockchain. that's what that's what they call it spoofing. Yeah. Okay. So they spoof the website. In this case, another option is to just redirect you. Um, so you could tell what you're saying is between Web two point oh Web three point oh. You could track somebody trying to trying to spoof your website. And- I th- I think so. Okay, but that doesn't protect you from um, if you are on a compromised network, someone redirecting you to their server. Gotcha. Um, so like free guest Wi-Fi is probably not good. Probably not good. Okay. Probably not where you want to be checking your crypto portfolios yeah. or making transactions. Good point. Um, but the good news is they got most of it back and might get even more. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's always some someone trying to steal money from you. Well, the the major point is that they have to put it somewhere, right? They right. can't just live off the grid. They got to sell it or send it to a mixer, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. But that that mixer has to go somewhere. So yep. at some point, there's a a, a fail safe on the blockchain that it can be tracked, right? Which is better than the current system of money laundering, which I don't know. I really don't. No, you're not an expert. But uh, we're not financial experts, but I would assume that it's much easier to launder dollar bills than it would be to launder crypto in the scheme of things. Well, right. Because dollar bills are tangible and you can just throw them in the wash. That's true. You can't really throw your phone in the wash. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't. That but, is, that is advice. Don't yeah, throw your phone in the wash. Don't. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's scary. I mean, you can look up how to protect yourself from DNS hijacking, it's called. But once everybody migrates to Web3, this will be much less of an issue or non-issue? Or um, I mean, there are still vulnerabilities, but... In different ways. In different ways, yeah. yeah. This will be safer. They're saying no decentralized crypto platform should be on Web2. It should all be yeah. Web3. Um, and Web3, once again, is... Ownership. ownership. I like that we Finally, Ethereum's last test network, Gorelli, went live. And so far, it's been good. Nice. Yep. Um, so that means that we should see the merge. Fingers crossed, we should see it in September. Now, there is some controversy because with the merge, proof of work goes away. So that means no more money for miners. And there's a lot of miners making money. Um, and so there's a community ETH proof of work, a miner led Ethereum hard fork. They want to keep the old Ethereum. They want to, you know, like windows seven, we're up to what windows 11 now. I don't know. Whatever. They want to keep the old, they don't want the new because then they can profit off of it. So the problem with that is if we have two different Ethereums, 
we're going to have all the other coins like we talked about last time. And not all of these exchanges are going to support that. Right. So it it just makes it more saturated, more convoluted. Well, and that's the point of the merge, right? Is yeah. that we're taking the two technologies, the old technology, the new technology, and we're merging them. We're making it better, faster, mm-hmm. stronger. So what's the incentive to have the old version? It just bogs down the system. Yes, the proof of work guys will make a few dollars potentially, but eventually it'll probably just disappear, right? But I guess... Ethereum Classic's still around. Ethereum Classic. A lot of people call it a ghost chain. Anyways, so they're at odds with the merge people, the people who want the merge to go through, which is pretty much every investor aside from miners. And um, they say it's inevitable. They're going to make sure that they maintain the OG Ether, um, but they're also at odds with Ethereum Classic folks so it's well, just technically it's the og constant. ether is ethereum classic right right so proof of work ether yeah they're at odds with with merge ether and ethereum classic well because ethereum classic is is the same algorithm to mine i assume right i believe so so if they're migrating their ethereum proof of work to ethereum classic there's gonna be way too many miners to mine ethereum classic to make it worth it why would they migrate to ethereum classic well when it becomes proof of stake they would end up having to mine Ethereum Classic. Or something else. Yeah. Or something else. Yeah. But the profitability of it, of all this this onslaught of, of Ether miners taking all their equipment and now mining these smaller coins, there's not going to be much of an incentive. That's why they're trying to do Ether proof of work. Yeah. And, and I also think that, you know, the merge is going to give the most value to new ethereum right or the merged ethereum right. and so this og or eth proof of work is going to be super volatile it'll probably lose quite a bit of value just like bitcoin cash did or the new lunas or the old lunas right yeah exactly so i mean because we a, don't need another risk. crypto <laughs> that's the point of the merge the merge is a good thing because yeah. now we're not just creating cryptos out of thin air which does dilute the pool mm-hmm Agreed. Um, so we'll see. I think even if they do that, it'll be a small minority and it'll be kind of a non-issue because most of the big players don't support the old system surviving, the soon-to-be old system. Well, and I think also the apps that are built on it are, I mean, they're going to be on Ether 2.0, of course, because it's going to have better software. Absolutely. So why there'd be no investment in proof of work. And also, I mean... Don't be so selfish, right? As the miners, it's like the reason we did the merge or doing the merge is so that we can get those emissions down so that we don't have to work so hard. Yeah, 99.5%, I believe. No, 99.95% reduction in, in emissions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's selfish. That's not part, you're not part of the solution. You're not, no. you're not true, you know, Bitcoin maximalists because you're you're fighting against what we're trying to accomplish. Sure. Yeah. That's my two cents. I like your two cents. I'll take it. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm guessing the merge will go through just fine. Um, The developers don't seem to be too worried about it. They've had a lot of tests. So yeah, I'm excited. That's the roundup. Thanks for tuning in. All right, let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now we're sitting at 21,700. Isn't great, 
as you can see with the green 100 day moving average, it did act as resistance. We did reject it and we crashed about $4,000 last week to just about 20K, which is a huge support line. We need to maintain 20K. So far, so good, but we have to break above this 50-day moving average quickly so it doesn't act as resistance and send us down. If you can see here on this chart, this little bear flag, if this confirms and goes lower, then we're sitting at about 18.5, which would be under the 20K. And the worst case scenario, if we hit that 18.5, that would potentially trigger this bear flag moving us all the way down to about 12,000. So that would be the nail in the coffin. We need to hold that 20K support. All right, let's take a look at our total market cap. As expected, this 1.2 trillion acted as our resistance. We have corrected off of it. Now we could be seeing a move up again if Bitcoin can maintain its value. But if the markets sell off again, it's going to get bloody. The only hope here would be a cross of the 50-day moving average over the 100-day moving average, which is a bullish sign, but I'm not taking too much stock in that at this point. All right, let's take a look at our dollar cost averaging. I've got Decentraland, Mana. Mana's been riding this low for some time now, right around 85 cents. I think it's a good time to dollar cost average into Decentraland. Next, we have Synthetics Token, which is an ERC-20. Synthetics has been beat up. It created a new low back in June. It has started to recover, but has more potential upside than downside at the moment. I'm going to be adding some synthetics to my portfolio. And finally, Polkadot. Polkadot's doing the same thing. It's gone and retraced almost all the way, trying to find a bottom currently at $7.69. It's a great proof of stake coin with a fast blockchain. Polkadot's not going anywhere, and I think it's a good price at the moment. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.